Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 73, France versus England in Paris. A must-win for England, and Eddie Jones has made numerous changes in the hunt for a bonus point. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, uh, welcome back. Um, obviously, after two weeks ago, uh, England requiring a pretty big performance against France, so we're here to discuss quite a lot of changes um, and see what we think uh, in the build-up to the game tomorrow. Uh, Dan, hi mate. Hi mate, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Um, quite an interesting, uh, some quite interesting changes from Eddie this week. Yeah, I, I think so. It's just, Some of them I really like. The... I think first, if we get to that, but I guess in theory, the biggest surprise initially for me was no change for back row. But then also, it's something sort of you mentioned before. Actually, he sort of tasked them with, do you know what, guys? You lost out last time. I challenge you to to make that right this time. Mm. And the fact that we've got two back row replacements in Haskell and Simmons shows that, you know, should it not be working out, I'm sure whether it be after 20 minutes or 60 minutes, he'll have no hesitation bringing one of them on to uh, change up as needed. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think as well, I think, you know, let's not forget that Courtney Laws might be a second row in inverted commas, but, you know, he does play in the back row. Uh, Mauro Toje, we know, you know, he can compete at the breakdown. He's done it before. Um, these are guys who can do it, but, but but as far as we're aware, they've been tasked with not focusing on that, focusing on other areas. And, and you know, it, it got identified and it got dealt with by the Scots. Um, and obviously our concern was there wasn't a plan B, but uh, perhaps they're going to go into this game slightly differently. And perhaps it's about giving these guys an opportunity to, as you say, go out there and um, obviously make up for what happened against Scotland, but also have a slightly different game plan in mind um, and prove that they can compete at the breakdown. That's, that's what I want to see anyway. Yeah, I, I saw a, I saw or heard, I can't remember, an interesting piece during the week. Um, and I, I'm not sure who I'm quoting here, so apologies for not giving you credit, whoever you were. But they were saying that in the Premiership, competing at the breakdown is almost non-existent. Uh, with regards to, you will often just have one at the breakdown and, and 14 others sort of out wide. Whereas at international level, that's not the case. The breakdown is fiercely... Fought. So, yes, although a Laws or Toje can play back row, is it that when they play back row, then they're not the expert breakdown sort of competitors as such compared to perhaps more of an underhill, even a Haskell, uh, for example. So, although, although they are back row, uh, or maybe at international level, yes, they can play the back row there, but do you maybe need that breakdown? sort of expertise that maybe a laws is missing and well, is I there mean, perhaps a naivety that we have there but a naivete uh, quite possibly <laughs> i think you know that's that's a big part of this game and um giving and giving them that opportunity because obviously that we, we're sitting here as fans saying exactly what you've just said but um you know those guys Courtney laws isn't going to be sitting there going yeah i'm no good at the breakdown hell uh, yeah, yeah so i think it's important as part of the, the kind of the growth process towards the World Cup, I think it's important to say, look, if we're thinking about this, if, if you're a serious con- contender for uh, for this shirt, then we need to see that you can do what needs to be done. Uh, and I think it's a massive game for all of these guys, um, to, but particularly the back row, to, to take that opportunity to, to, to kind of cement their, 
their position. And as you say, there's there's backup in the form of out and out back row players. Um, we see what happens. I mean, you mentioned in there Sam Underhill. What's happened to him? He's, he's not injured. He's he? injured. Yeah, he got oh, injured he in training. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, t- training seems to. So I'm pretty sure this was. I don't think I'm uh, confusing him. In in training, his first, I believe he's now out for the rest of the season. Oh God. Um, which, which is not, I guess, from an England perspective, is not the end of the world. No, I mean, the, the, the strength and depth still exists. You know, Sam Underhill, Sam Simmons are two guys that <laughs> they're obviously different players. Um, and maybe, maybe the time will come where they are the two that you want on there at the same time. But um, for now, I think they're they're quite interchangeable. So it's been a bit of a bit of a weird one, hasn't it? One's been injured when the other one's come back, and then the other's got injured. And so they seem to just kind of slot in to replace one another, like for like. Um, yeah, yeah. And actually, whilst we're on the back row, there's something I wanted to mention because obviously Haskell's back in the squad. Um, now, it was a couple of months ago when I got a phone call from, I'd like to say the guy's name Anonymous, but I'm going to name him Ben Cooper, who told me he had 100% confirmed information from a, a source that could not be named, that James Haskell would never be involved in an England squad again. Um, I, I remember getting the message in the you know, in our in our uh, WhatsApp group informing me of this. <laughs> you and me both I, questioned. I think I called bullshit. <laughs> and Coops was there saying, "Guys, guys, trust me. We didn't know his source." So there's a part of me thinking, Coops, remind me never to listen to any advice well, about stock on, markets or anything. On, from you. on the subject of trust, uh, he's obviously joining you. Um, to to cover the the Scot uh, the France game tomorrow while I'm away, so yeah. I trust you will be calling him on it. I will be calling him on it, and every time he gives his opinion, I'll be like, "Mate, to be honest, your opinion counts as shit." So <laughs> thanks for just being a gap filler. Nice, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, James Haskell has not had the best season. Um, I think Wasps probably have not had the best season, and therefore, uh, you know, he he's part of that. Uh, well, obviously, yeah, I mean, don't forget they're still top four. Obviously, one of the big things with James Haskell being uh, being selected for England now is that, as far as I'm aware, he's still unconfirmed as to where he's going next, isn't he? So he he is unconfirmed allegedly, um, and I say allegedly. Actually, I would say almost definitely because he was on uh, he was interviewed on um, an interview I listened to the other day. He has got offers on the table, and yes. it 100 percent will be an English club. So oh, will. I okay, think we'll fine. probably hear. I think we'll probably hear fairly. So do you know who? Because I know Gloucester was was there was talk about Gloucester. Um, I think the favourite is Northampton. Is it okay? So I know Bristol put their head of the pot. I believe Gloucester did as well. But when I say this is speculation, I believe the favourite might be Northampton. As much as anything, he lives in Northampton. Um, and for the sake of ease, but actually whether that will come in, I, I'm. By listening to James Haskell's interview, it's all about England. It's all about the next World Cup, if he can make himself there. So, Good. actually, I don't think the fact he lives in Northampton like is uh, going to play a part. It just highlights what we've said about him um, all along, which is as much of a, of a kind of joker and a clown as he is um, kind of off the field. He's such a hard worker. And yeah. you know, this is a prime example. You know, he's putting, he's putting his chances. And he knows that he's not guaranteed. You know, he's, he's on the bench. Uh, yeah. know, he was dropped for a period of time. He knows there's no guarantees, and yet his career is is aimed at making himself available, just you know, giving himself that that opportunity, um, which I like. 
Yeah, exactly. He could go. He could go elsewhere and probably get a lot more money than he's going to get by staying. The fact he mentioned it, the fact he said, "I want to be at an English club," pretty much automatically already brings down his salary. But he doesn't care. It is yeah. about England. I, th- I think, and yeah. I think as well. Let's not forget that you know we, we we give him a hard time because he has a couple of bad games, or you know he's had a bad start to the season. But it was only what, 18 months ago, not even 18 months ago, when he went out to Australia and was the player of the tournament and, and absolutely decimated them. So uh, he's, he's certainly got the, the, the ability. Um, let's just hope he finds it in the white shirt. I, I think the thing with Haskell that we can find, whether he has a bad game or a great game, we know he's going to give it his all. Yeah. Um, right. Okay, so move on. Um, Mike Brown dropped. I Dropped to the bench. So dropped just, to, yeah, dropped to the bench. Sorry. I actually like it. I like the fact that Eddie came out and said, Mike Brown's been brilliant for us, but he he wasn't quite there against Scotland. He wasn't on form. So we've changed up. I like the fact that he's done that because there's a part, there was a part of me that wasn't worried that Eddie, especially after what's happened the last few weeks with the press and everything, Eddie, Eddie might be stubborn or things, but clearly he hasn't. He's put his hands up saying, you know, Mike Brown wasn't quite there against Scotland. So we're giving someone else a chance. I agree. I think it's. A, I think that's a good call. Um, my my one concern is that I just don't see Mike Brown as an impact player. Um, obviously, I hope to be proven wrong, um, but therefore, I think having him on the bench, I almost feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna drop him, I'd have kept Jack Noel on the bench. Well, don't forget Jack Noel's injured. I wouldn't have kept Jack Noel on the bench because you know he's, he's injured. But he's another <laughs> so, one. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, I, to be honest, I think I probably would have called in someone like Good. Oh well, how about like well, I don't know, good, but how about a maybe another winger? So that that was actually going to be my next question. Solomon, yeah. If Jack Noel wasn't injured, do you think Jack Noel would have been on the bench instead of Brown? I mean, that's a that's what I would have done. Um, Same. I think I think just part because apart from anything else, we know Jack Noel is a good impact player. You know, every time he comes on, he he makes an impact. So I think I mentioned in our last episode that when he came on for the last twenty minutes against Scotland, he I think he ended up with most most carries and most meters gained out of all England players, and he was only on the pitch for twenty minutes. So um, I think yeah, if he'd been fit, I think I feel like Eddie would have had to have dropped Mike from the from the twenty three um, because I don't think you can. Mike Brown's just not an impact player. I mean, look, I probably get proven wrong, and I hope I do, um, but I just don't see him as an impact sub. But we shall see what happens. Uh, but yeah, good, yes. good call to to switch it up at the back. Um, I think as much as anything else as well. You know, coming off a loss, uh, Eddie Jones is right to say. Uh, well, on the one hand, you you want to give guys the opportunity to to make up for it, but Mike Brown hasn't been in the best form um, for 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 a little while. You know he's he's been doing fine, but I think it's it's a good opportunity to sort of mix it up a bit and say, okay, look, no one's position is safe uh, except Owen Farrell, um, and and see and see how he gets on. Uh, but spe- I mean, speaking of Owen Farrell, obviously Hartley, another one out injured. Um, do you think this is the? Do you think maybe Eddie's would quite like to have Owen Farrell as his captain come World Cup? Uh, I don't think he's looking at that. So, sorry, mate. I just <laughs> got distracted there a bit. My phone started ringing and it came up Cruella de Vil. I have no idea who that is, but sorry. that's by by bye bye. Um, do I think Farrell will be woke up? Um, I don't think that's the thought process behind this one. Um, 
I think one of the things Eddie said about naming Owen Farrell is Owen Farrell has been fiercely loyal to Dylan Hartley as a captain. He's been fiercely loyal to the England team. So the whole incident, which I I didn't realise, maybe everyone else did know this, and I'm off the ball here. The whole incident in the tunnel last week was because Scotland were um, taking a piss out of George Ford. They were trying to wind up George Ford. So Farrell steps in and Eddie's sort of said about this fierce loyalty. And I don't think Eddie would have gone on about Farrell's fierce loyalty to Hartley had in his head, he's thinking, right, this is now the captain. Yeah. So moving forward, um, I think this is just the step in for the match. I think it's the right call to have Farrell as captain for this match. Um, and I suspect should Hartley not be the captain come the next World Cup for whatever reason, I suspect Farrell's probably the front runner. Well, I, I, I mean, who else? Who else would you pick? I just, I don't feel like there is another captain on on the field. You know, we, it's interesting because when you look at it like that, and you talk about um, you know the senior players and the leaders, you know, Mako is vice captain, but you wouldn't want. I don't think you'd want him as your captain. No, um, and there really isn't anyone else. That I seems it seems a bit early for Marrow, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it is. I think I think when Marrow first burst onto the scene and was just epic, um, you kind of felt like, yeah, this is where this is going. But but you know, we and we and we backed him to be the captain for the World Cup. But uh, yeah, I think it's too soon. I think he. I think he's probably the next one. Um, do you know? Do you know who I wanted to see? And this, I don't think this will happen. This was out the box. I wanted to see Launchbury as captain. Uh, I know what you mean. I do, I don't. Know. I feel like I don't. I feel like he's a bit too quiet. You know, well, he sort of he, yeah. he gets on. He gets on with it. and He does a job, but he but he comes across that's as a quite hell a sort of, of a job. Comes across as quite a kind of quiet player who just knows what he needs to do, and, and he's totally focused on that. Um, rather than being, I think you know, I think Farrell is we. <laughs> Farrell is the is the right choice with it in, in the absence of Hartley. Um, I think so. Be- because I think there are no other options. Uh, I think I, I and, and also I, we, we talked in the past about the worry that, you know, would it add additional pressure that he just doesn't need? He's already got kicking duties and everything else. But actually, to see the way he's grown over the last 18 months, I don't think it would. I think he t- takes it all in his stride and, and, you know, he just gets on and does what he needs to do. And, and uh, you know, as the incident in the tunnel shows, he is fiercely loyal to this team. Um, and you do want that in a captain. Um, and and you know he always he's he's always captain when Hartley goes off uh, with sort of thirty minutes to go and you know he's in he's in the ref's ear and he's doing what captains do and uh, you know it's good. So yeah, I think I think it's it's as it should be at the moment. Yeah, I I, I think so. I think that's the right call um, to have him captain certainly for this match because I I think this is the stopgap while Hartley's. Um, I suspect Hartley will be back for Ireland because, from what from what I've read, from what I've heard, it is sort of tightness rather than anything major. Mm. Um, his injury, so this is there's a, so this is uh, there's two two more bits on the back I want to cover. First one, Elliot Daly. Uh, we know he's a great player. He hasn't played for three months. Yeah, is it's I a, mean, are we confident that he's got bearing in mind? The back, the replacement for back for the back three is Mike Brown, who's not a winger. Fair enough, he could come on and you could move Watson. But oh, no, I know I, I, I agree. I, I guess you've got JJ who can play out wide if needs be, don't we? Yeah, 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 definitely. I think I'm not. Yeah, I'm not so worried about that. Um, are you? Are you suggesting that because he hasn't played for three months, he will need replacing? 
I think at some point he will need replacement, but also... But don't forget that, that Watson goes to the wing then. Yeah, exactly. So so you can do that. You can do Watson's for wing at that point. But there's also a bit of me that may have a slight concern is Elliot Daly's a brilliant player, but if you haven't played for three months, there's a good chance you might just be slightly off the pace. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah. I guess it's this is what he's. The thing we got to, the thing we got to remember is that these guys, they, the, the, so the way training works now, you know, they, they kind of got wires and things strapped to them at all times. Everything's being analysed statistically, and I know you can't analyse match fit. Wires strapped to them. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, that, yeah. This is a true story. Um, uh, and everything's being analysed very statistically, yeah. and so although you can't analyse match fitness. Uh, in that way, you can do almost everything but. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, at this level and the professionalism uh, and the experience that he has, having played the way that he's played for Wasps, but also the, with the Lions and, and his England career to date, I, th- I think he'll I think he'll be all right. And I think as well, wing is one of those positions where you perhaps have slightly more uh, kind of flexibility when it comes to that. You know, you, you're, you're working in a lot more space generally, um, might maybe slightly more different, slightly different when you when you you know if you're a key player like a scrum half, fly half, you know in the forwards, scrummaging whatever it might be. But I think out on the wing where you're kind of given a bit of a license. <laughs> yeah, to... yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what what I'm getting here is wingers are not key players and are lazy. Fair yeah. enough, I'll agree. I mean, um, I don't know where you're picking that from, but yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but no, I, I know what you mean. Do you know I what I mean? Like, I, I think yeah. there's, I think you can get away with it a little bit more if you're out out on the wing. Um, but we'll see. I think the big thing is match is going to be the fitness levels, which I'm guessing they have decided. You know, he's fit enough. Um, I, I'm sure he's. Yeah, I'm sure he's fit enough. Ideally, what we don't want is to have to replace him simply because he's too tired. The thing about Elliot Daly, he does strike me as. Firstly, he's one of those guys who just seems to just be comfortable in any sporting environment. But but I I just don't know that anything seems to phase him when it comes to, you know, put the guy in a sports pitch and he seems to know exactly how to to play that sport, whatever that sport may be. But he's also, he is just quality. I... I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of backtracking a bit after over the question I heard, but if he needs to play 80 minutes, I'm sure he can. And, and there's probably, you know, I, I wonder if there's a, an element of it that's about his boot. Um, we talked about it a lot for the Lions, the, the value that it adds to be able to, you know, kick penalties from an extra 10, 15 Lord yards. Launch a rocket, yeah. Um, so that may well be a big part of that decision, you know, to have him there, you know, and have that option. Yes, yeah, quite possibly, quite possibly. Um, and the other one, Tio, outside centre. I get why he's done it. Um, you know, he's up against Bastero. Uh, Bastero's in pretty good tank. form. Um, I think the big question is going to be whether or not England's blitz defence kind of shuts Bastero out anyway, and therefore the physicality is not so important. And I think that's where the, the decision to, to make the change and bring JJ on will, will come from. Uh, because if Bastro can't get going, then we don't necessarily need a massive, you know, defender to cover him. Um, obviously, if Bastro can get going, then you want you want a bit of physicality in the middle. But um, we don't want it. To, what we don't want is for it to turn in. Well, Bastro can do what he wants, but we don't want uh, Tio to see it as oh, I'm being picked because I'm big, and therefore every time I get the ball, I have to run at him. 
um, you know, we, we we want to be picking those gaps because you know, even if Basto doesn't make the tackle, he's so big, he just gets in the way. Um, do you know what I mean? <laughs> we don't want it to turn into a, a sort of game I, I of chicken. I think he's fat. If that's what you mean, yeah, he is. Fat, um, but he can yeah. play. He can, but you know, he's he's prop cover. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Bastos all around. No, I, I like, I like it. I like him out there. So, I, I see exactly what you're saying. From, from my perspective, I think um, what what I quite like is the fact that um, I think it's done. But Tio said to front up to Bastro in defence, but actually in attack, he does have a lot more subtlety than I think Bastro does. So I don't think Tio will be drawn into the. I'm going to try and charge you down. I think Tio will still try and hit those holes, hit those gaps, make those breaks. But in defence, he'll be there thinking, if I can, if I can smash Sonny Bill Williams, I can smash you. So bring it on. Yeah, true. I mean, I guess it's it, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mug off for for JJ because two weeks ago or three weeks ago, we were talking about how uh, you know he's one of the the best defenders in the game, and now you're saying, yeah, but you're too small. Yeah, I mean, Ed, Eddie has Eddie did say um, that actually the plan was always to bring in yeah, Tio uh, for that. So I think that was probably already known. Um, and like you say, although JJ is a great defender, let's put it this way: a good big one's better than a good little one when it comes to that. And ah, um, quoting Eddie Jones, <laughs> did he say that? Yes, you know he did in those words. Oh, how weird. <laughs> Apparently other people read papers as well. <laughs> um, but uh, but T.O. is, and T.O. is a good big one. You, you know, he's yep, a good player. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, he did it for the Lions, like you say, and um, let's hope he does it again uh, against France. Um, are there any other major changes? Uh, no, I don't think so, but... Front five's exactly well. The front eight exactly the same. Well, other well, than Hartley, of course. Hartley because, out, so therefore yeah, Jamie, Jamie George starting. That, that's a, I mean, that's quite. I know that it's, it's it's forced by the fact that Hartley's out, but um, it'll be very interesting. I think this is so many people have been calling for this to be a, a permanent thing, and whilst I don't think it will be because I, I I like what he's doing with Hartley, and I think that as we just discussed, I think Hartley needs to be that team's captain. Um, you know, from a form point of view, a lot of people calling for Jamie George to start. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Um, so I think the biggest story here is not Jamie George starting. I think it's Cowan Dickey on the bench because Jamie George starting had to happen because of Dylan's injury. Um, but Luke Cowan Dickey, I, I'm going to change this, has been ripping up roads. Uh, I'm, that's, for, that's for new tearing up trees. Okay. Uh, in the Premiership, he's been awesome, and it, if he comes on after you know fifty, sixty minutes, whatever, and has an absolute blinder like he's been doing for Exeter, that's where the story I think becomes interesting. Well, yeah, because in theory, Jamie George is the one that gets dropped. Quite possibly, but yeah. what if Jamie George has a brilliant fifty, sixty minutes? Well, then, gets then taken Ed, off. Eddie's got some big decisions to make because exactly. you're then you're then talking about getting rid of your captain. Yeah, uh, and one of the, one of, one of the few leaders in that team. Um, yes, and that's not that's you know not, not to be disrespectful to any of the other guys out there, but I just you know I think Eddie Jones is right. That, that other than Owen Farrell, the others just they're not quite there um, from a leadership point of view. Um, so I think Hartley is important. 
so yeah, you're right. It'll be it'll be very interesting. Um, I suspect even if Karen Dickey has a great game, I suspect that uh, Jamie George keeps the bench and Hartley comes back. But yeah, we'll see. Um, it's all good problems to have. Uh, let's just hope that they have stormers. So everyone has a stormer and they put 50 points on France. That would be nice. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great. So where are we going with this? Last week, in or last time round, in theory, I was closer to a score. But since we both went for an England win, I don't think I can claim a... I don't yeah, think I, I can claim a success so there. It's, so it's two nil to me. Two nil to me still. Oh yeah, almost. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. No, it's easy to forget. Eh? Yeah. Uh, score predictions. Whilst you're because you're going to be on a sunny golf course in Portugal, won't you? But I will be. I'm hoping I'll be able to watch most of the game after our round. But uh, and and you know, to, you say sunny. It's absolutely pissing it down. It has been for about a week. So mate, I literally can be happier with that news. <laughs> you're wanker. Um, <laughs> but. And not just because I'm super positive, um, because one of us has to be, um, but also because <laughs> I, I think that I think that England are gonna come out firing after what happened against Scotland. Uh, I am going for an England win, um, and yeah. I think, and I think they will win by seventeen. Uh, okay, including, mm, yeah, including a try bonus. Wow, because the try bonus is a big thing. If Massive. Ireland get a try bonus win, they win the Six Nations. Do they? Yeah. Even if we so, get a try bonus win. Uh, no, no, sorry. If Ireland get a try bonus win and we don't get a try bonus win, they win the Six Nations. Yeah. Um. So it was, yeah, and actually that's a good point. Something we didn't bring up because Watson, Anthony Watson says that's not something we discussed in the England camp, and I like that. So. The try bonus thing, although they say it hasn't been discussed, I call bullshit to that, Mr. Watson, because I can't believe that you haven't discussed something that might have impact on you winning the Six Nations. Well, I'm sure it has been discussed. Absolutely. And and let's also look back at the team again and say, you know, Mike Brown out to bring in more pace. And I think his reasoning behind it after saying that Mike Brown wasn't quite there was to say he wanted to give these three guys who are a bit quicker, a bit sharper, um, a chance to to do more counter-attacking. So that's, that's all aimed at... Uh, tries to whilst jj might be more of a, a kind of a, i think yeah if you're looking to run the ball i think T, uh, jj is more the choice that you would go for but to also scores tries so uh, yeah it may, maybe to's in there just to try and uh, maybe it's about to goes in tries to get two you know bring a couple of guys in to create gaps out wide to create the spaces for your watsons your mays and your dailies to do what they do uh, yeah, like yeah, that would be interesting. But we'll go for a try bonus. Okay, so you've gone, you've got England by seventeen. That's a good shout, actually. Do you know what? I'm, I'm actually going to go England by twenty. Ooh, I know, I know. Normally, the safe bet would be for me to say something like England by sixteen, but which I was tempted to do. I'm going to go England by twenty. Okay, nice. Uh, I hope you're right. I hope it's three 0 to you. I, I hope so too. Um, brilliant. Okay. Uh, anything else of note? Before we, because obviously we're gonna we're gonna be back again, or you will be back again tomorrow. Um, anything else we want to cover today? I think that probably that probably covers it, doesn't it? I mean, I guess the last I thing is does, yeah. France obviously saw what Scotland did to England. If they've got any brains, they're gonna say right. <laughs> they've got the same back row. Let's go and do the same thing to them. That Scotland well, they've outright said that's what they're gonna do. And so, but you know, you wouldn't put it past France to say that in the media and then do the opposite and try and trip trip England up. <laughs> Um, well, 
I actually think Eddie, by picking the same back row, is luring them into a trap. He's going to try and get France to play that way. Well, maybe, yeah, yeah. but it'll be. But it's good. It's it, I like it because it means that it really does give those back row guys, and this why why it makes sense to have them in there. You know, if Eddie's confident that they can do it uh, with the right game plan, you know, he's basically saying to them, "Look, this is what they're going to do. How are we going to stop it?" Um, but yeah, yeah. Key, key clearly because of the the necessity for tries, the key is going to be quick ball. So it's going to be about you know securing the ball, but but. But shipping it early, you know, none of this standing over it, hovering for 30 seconds and waiting for someone, you know, everyone to get in position and for the, unfortunately, the defence then to to mark up. It needs to just, needs to be go, go, go. Um, and, I, you know, we need to start the way we did against Wales, finish the way we did against Italy. Uh Okay, That's I'm trying I'm to remember thinking. how we finished against Italy. Well, yes, just, yeah, I'm, that makes sense. I'm just assuming that we put lots of points on at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if we, we did. didn't, then finish the way we did against them last year. Or... Yeah, no, 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 that does make sense. Right, well, yeah, I think that's everything we covered. I uh, I need to shoot off, give this, whoever this Cruella DeVille person is a call. She sounds hot. Um, I'm sure you need to go and pack some golfing equipment and some rain jackets. Some <laughs> uh, so... Let's call it. Let's call it a day there. But yeah, myself and uh, Coops will be back tomorrow to uh, cover our post-match analysis. Um, and as always, Andy will be back with us uh, next week for sort of his takes and views, uh, assuming he doesn't catch pneumonia. <laughs> that is indeed the truth. It's, it's still warm out there. It's still like you know sixteen, seventeen degrees. So um, you know, we shall see. If the sun shines. I shall take some pictures. Uh, but uh, guys yeah thanks for listening uh, obviously big day tomorrow join us or join Dan for that one um, get in touch on Twitter at England Rugby Pod I, I, I'll be keeping an eye on that while I'm away so uh, if you've got any questions uh, let me know and I'll pass them on to Dan um, and yeah catch us probably Tuesday next week Tuesday Wednesday next week um, for for some sort of round up and, uh, and, and looking towards the big hopefully what will be a big final weekend with all to play for Hi, quick update, guys. Uh, Coops has actually bailed at the last minute, so we uh, we don't really have much choice. We're going to have to leave the episode until Tuesday uh, once I'm back. Uh, so, unfortunately, we will be covering the England game against France on Tuesday. We'll try and get it out early Tuesday morning um, so that you'll have it uh, by midday um, and you'll get all our reaction then. Um, apologies for that, but uh, please stay tuned.